0: Welcome to episode
1: 121 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we sat down with Benjamin DeCock and Bill Labus. They are both designers, UI designers, at Stripe doing the amazing, gorgeous work that the entire design industry knows and loves. It was a super rad conversation and actually got more nitty gritty than typical episodes. It was super fun. We got into a lot of complexity, but it, it
0: stayed pretty like easy to understand. I was really impressed like I could understand it and I'm an idiot
1: (laughs) so uh, we're really excited about this episode of course let us know what you thought after you listen uh, on Twitter we're at design details FM but before we get into the show we want to thank two sponsors for making this episode possible. Our first sponsor is, of course, Wayno. You know them, you love them. They're one of the best design teams uh, in the industry right now. Amazing illustrators, amazing designers, cranking out killer work for some of the best clients in the industry. Folks like Google and Airbnb and Cisco and Reuters. Their work is gorgeous. Go follow them on Dribbble, check it out. Go to their website, wayno.co, that's U-E-N-O oco C-O. And they're doing a weekly happy hour every Friday evening in their office in Soma. We just went this last Friday and got to hang out with Helena Price again. Super fun. Uh, so follow them on Twitter, Wayno.co spelled out to get heads up on the next happy hour and who their future guests are. We're super excited and Bryn and I are definitely going to be going to more. So come say hi to us as well. Uh, we'll be there. And if you need a job, if you want a new gig, a switch, something new for your life, they're hiring, they're hiring product designers and, they want you they have offices in new york san francisco and in iceland so do it go work for them go to wayno.co click the careers link in their header and of course tell me sent you Uh, we are huge fans of wayno and so glad to have them as sponsors of the show thanks wayno our second sponsor
0: as you would expect dropbox they take care of everything just the way you expect them to do it without any effort see just like the podcast they make this happen just like it gets to your ears because of them just the way your files get to your other computers and stuff this is this metaphor is like really stretching it but i kind of wanted to go for it uh whether you're sketching coding prototyping podcasting literally anything else dropbox is with you throughout the entire process it just handles the backbone of making sure your plate your stuff is where it's supposed to be uh, it works with any kind of file, so you're free to choose the tools you need for every single project. And when you're ready for feedback, you can send large files to anyone fast, get their feedback right in line. It's all pretty amazing and makes our whole lives easier. Uh, conversations can happen right alongside the work itself, and they just sync to every device for you and handle everything. It's How many times can I say everything in an ad read? Is that okay? It does everything. Dropbox gives you the freedom to work on anything from anywhere with anyone you choose, you can get started, check them out at Dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show. This is episode 121
2: with Ben DeCock and Bill Labus. Hi, I'm Bill. Um, I'm a UI designer, uh, currently working at Stripe. Um, And before that, I was at a startup called Onfleet, also in San Francisco. And Way before that, I was originally from Florida um, and moved out to SF about three years ago. Sweet. And uh,
3: my name is Ben. Um, I am also a UI designer at Stripe. Um, I work from Belgium. Um, so I just uh, come here in SF every uh, two months or so. And um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. <laughs>
1: You're so specific in both saying that you're UI designers. So what does that mean for you
2: at Stripe? Uh, I think I use UI designer just because if I say designer, like every time I try to to tell someone that, they're like, well, well, what do you design? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, actually, for the most part, that is the majority of the work I do at Stripe is UI design. Also, I guess if you'd consider like the the stripe.com website not really ui but like marketing maybe then i guess it's also that type of work but Mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't really touch print design or anything like that it's mostly ui and web work lucky you yeah i don't mind it (laughs) print is rough yeah (laughs) yeah i I guess there's uh
3: like a big focus on uh you know interactions and and uh, user experience etc uh so um Uh, I guess it's more specific than just, you know, a designer. Uh, So it's more more than just uh, painting nice pixels on the screen. Um, And even though we actually, you know, do a lot of marketing and uh, we do paint a lot of pixels, um, there's uh, usually a big part of the work, which is just, you know, uh, researching the interesting uh, interactions and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah.
0: That's one of the things I think Stripe gets a lot of credit for on the like front-end side, is that all the interactions are so well rehearsed or, like, researched and, like, figured out. Like, I think I saw you telling Koi Vin on Twitter one time about how to fix the wildcard uh, animations so they were, I think, hardware-accelerated? Yeah. Like, I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah,
3: yeah I'm, I'm quite nitpicky about uh, animations running at less than... 60 FPS, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it drives me a bit crazy to see so many uh, poor animations on the web where um, you know it's completely doable um, uh, to do native-like uh, animations pretty much everywhere. So one of the things. That's really cool, and and also that's really terrible about the web is that it's extremely easy to get started and to to have something working, you know, <laughs> immediately. Um, that th- that's very cool, but also like you know, as soon as you have something working, like you know, why would you change that? Like why would you go uh, for something else? And um, so it it is not you know much more complicated to actually do something performant, but it 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 requires you to do more than just you know trying the very very first thing and be like yeah, call it a day.
1: You both build what you design for Stripe. Do I have that mm-hmm. correct? Um,
3: uh, most of the time, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't code uh, Stripe iOS dashboard. Uh, yeah, in sure. The app, but uh, when it's web stuff, yeah.
1: Can you talk a little bit about how that structure came to be, or even more broadly, like the design structure within Stripe and how how designers are kind of divvied up between the actual coding and building of the sites that you guys are the pages you guys are working on, uh, versus maybe
2: some other product stuff and the iOS app. Um, I mean, Ben will probably have more insight into the history of the team since he's been there longer, but I think the, the current breakdown right now is the design team kind of doubles as the, the front end site team. Um, so like specifically for stripe.com, uh, Basically, there's no separate engineering team for that site. It's just design does it. Um, and I think it's mostly just come about from the fact that pretty much everyone Stripe has hired for, for design up to this point has also implemented their own designs. And so we all enjoy doing it as well. Does that carry over to mobile? Uh, mobile, no. Uh, more web. As far as native stuff, yeah. So, okay. like Ben mentioned, uh, we did have we have engineers who who wrote the the iOS dashboard app, mm-hmm. uh, and there's also a separate engineering team who works on the dashboard for the web. Okay. Um, obviously, those are quite a bit more involved than Stripe.com, but uh, yeah. So, site though is is basically design team.
0: How many designers are there? <laughs>
2: I should have this off the top of my head, but I never do. You designed the staff page, right? So you should know this, <laughs> right? I think
3: we are uh, six designers right now. That sounds right. Is yeah. that including Malta or no? It's six actual designers.
1: Oh, dude!
3: Malta is great, but it's just not you know designing stuff anymore. He's like managing <laughs> a team, which is you know big job. So.
1: <laughs> but dig in a little bit more here, like why. Is the structure of Stripe such that you hired people, hired designers that could implement their own designs? Why was that a, a hiring process requirement?
3: I wouldn't say it's a requirement. Uh, it just happened uh, that way. Uh, so Ludwig I's uh, designer at Stripe. Um, Peterson, was, Ludwig Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's extremely technical. So he, um, he designed the whole uh the first the first site and and the first dashboard uh and he actually implemented most of the dashboard by himself um, (laughs) which is the the first version and i was a second designer at stripe um i'm i wouldn't say i'm as technical as ludwig is but i you know very much enjoy doing that yeah stripe is a fairly geeky company right like (laughs) our our main product is basically an api so um uh I would say m- most of the designers uh, interested in the, in the company uh, are also interested in code and stuff like that. Like they should be able to understand what what we are doing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it just happened naturally. Um, and and to be fair, we we definitely were more interested in in designers uh, who can code their own stuff because usually we get better results that way. Um, because you know the, the designers can. I spend a lot of time tweaking like animation curve and stuff like that, making sure uh, every pixel is exactly like their uh, original mockups and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, it is just like almost a quality insurance for us.
1: <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the actual process here? Because some of the pages that get shipped are at a fidelity that most people dream of having the time to do uh, from animations and timing these beautifully choreographed, like I'm thinking of the the relay page where it's like pinging out and like it hits the little stars, just ridiculously complex. I imagine that takes a ton of time. Uh, what's the process like to actually think that whole thing through from, from start to deployment, I guess? To ask, I've I've never actually inspected that element. Is that SVG? That one is uh, <laughs> a big canvas element. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, I inspect everything because so I'm like, how in the hell? And then the Bitcoin page yeah. was not Canvas. No, it's it just like elements. all All elements. Oh, my God. How does this happen? Um, well, I, I guess there are two things there. Um,
3: I would say the very first thing is that uh, we are just all very excited about that kind of stuff. Uh, and so we tend to, you know, go the extra mile and, and we really want to have fun. Um, and so, uh, you know, I guess crafting all these animations and, and this stuff uh, just make Make us happy, though. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. And then, obviously, the the other thing uh, is that Stripe is very supportive, and and you know they they absolutely understand the importance of design. Um, and so, I I don't think we ever had like you know a deadline preventing us from going the extra mile and 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 implement uh, the ideas we we wanted to do. You know, sometimes, of course, uh, like for the, the last projects we we launched, we had a pretty Tight deadline, and so we 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 have to ship something at some point, is of that course. Atlas, yeah, exactly, yeah. But overall, the CEO is is pretty much as nitpicky as we all are in the design team about animations and stuff. So he definitely seems that way. Yeah, he he's kind of, you know. Uh, I was for Atlas uh, because you mentioned it. Um, I was checking the the, the commits uh, right before the launch, and I I see a commit from Patrick uh, where he literally <laughs> reduce, um uh, a text shadow but like point five or something <laughs> like that
1: <laughs> that's um, rare
3: right yeah, yeah no absolutely um and but it's great like you know um we feel like we are in a company where everybody understands um the, the importance uh, of design so
1: yeah how do you split work then so you both have shipped separate projects that i imagine. Mm-hmm. do you ever cross and like collaborate on a specific launch like the atlas launch
2: yeah. So the Atlas launch, I think, may have been one of the most collaborative things the design team in general has worked on thus far, um, just because there were so many moving parts. So we had, yeah, Ben was doing the the marketing page for Stripe.com. Ed, um, basically, like the overall visual identity of it of the product, like the logo and the color scheme and whatnot. And then I was working on the slide deck for the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, And we had, uh, Philip on the team helping us out with like some crazy after effects animations for the slide deck. And so, yeah, that was, that one was pretty collaborative. Other ones have been less so, uh, so relay was, I think basically just me. Um, and then connect was basically just Philip, I guess Atlas seemed to be sort of not the norm right right um it was significantly more collaboration on a single project than most that we've done thus far it's like the super group of projects yeah (laughs) yeah i think mostly just because it it required so much um for the whole thing to come together that and it helps that like everyone has like various bits of knowledge that other people don't like i mentioned philip is like has great skill with After Effects and, and all these different things. At this point, I've become pretty decent with Keynote. Uh, I've somehow <laughs> found myself in the position of like being Keynote designer. I don't know how that happened, but it's <laughs> like it can uh, do so much in it. So it, it's funny because the things I don't like about it are the fact that it's like, it's obviously designed specifically for anyone to be able to use it. And in that, I think it succeeds like really well because it lets like basically anyone make something pretty polished. Um, the downside is is that it's limited when you want to do like crazier things in the sense that I don't want magic move. I want specific move. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but like if you want to specifically when you if you want to animate like a lot of things at the same time, mm. like there were many instances that I run into where like I wish I could just open a, a console up and like write a script to do this. It would be so much easier than like manually having to drag around uh, like in the ridiculous like timing window where you have like a, a, a layer for every single like move, right? Every single transition. You have to like line them all up and manually reorder them and stuff. It's pretty painful. Should um, Keynote Designers code? <laughs> <laughs> the next great debate. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> but- <laughs> Uh, on the flip side, one thing I will say that Keynote is really great at, and I think <laughs> I also don't know if it's just a case of me being like uh, traumatized by the web, but <laughs> Keynote Keynote is super great as far as animations go with like stability for them. So, okay. like if I animate something in Keynote, even like a lot of things, I can be guaranteed that it's going to run at 60 fps, and there's not going to be so much as a flicker or a dropped frame or anything ever. Uh, ben veto. yes it, it would be Ben approved <laughs> <laughs> which is is pretty nice because like when we had started I guess it wasn't for the Atlas presentation but the relay presentation um before i I guess like shortly after I had started working on the slide deck for it, we were trying to do like all these crazy animations and things, and like of course the logical thing to conclude after a day of messing around with Keynote is, oh, I should just like build the entire presentation in JavaScript and HTML. Like <laughs> what could go wrong? Um, yeah. This what specific could go wrong? tool
0: for this specific thing is terrible. I should use JavaScript. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was actually one thing that I came to notice as I used it is like, that's a thing you don't really think about, but it's super important, especially when it's like a thing running live and it's in front of many people it's nice to not have like your animations stuttering or the whole screen flickering or whatever.
0: Yeah. Who are these presentations
2: for? Uh, is that
0: Team or external?
2: So the, yeah, the one I was referring to. So for the relay launch, that was that was technically public, but it wasn't uh, like the presentation itself wasn't shared publicly. Okay, but it was for like press, basically. Got it. Um, the Atlas one is is live. That's you should be able to go see that. I think. Oh, on okay. YouTube. Cool. Uh,
0: so. You guys have a bunch of designers that code. I mean, they they implement their own work. Have you found it easy to kind of cross pollinate that with engineering, like teach them some more, some stronger design principles?
3: You mentioned that people care about design, but do they know about design? Yeah, that is a very good question actually. Um, and I guess there's a role to fill there. Um, so we we have a uh, one person has Stripe, my previous co-founder, uh, co- Michael Vilar uh he's uh, uh i would say like a ui engineer and so he's the kind of uh, a person who uh can do crazy you know crazy complicated stuff but he still has a you know huge eye for details and, and animations and stuff and uh, uh you know i can i can basically believe that is going to do the right thing uh, i don't have to prototype anything or whatever um uh, usually the discussions are super quick i'm just you know, explaining the idea I have in mind. Uh, and it's like, uh, okay, cool. And comes back like 15 minutes later with something much better than I expected. Do you see so, sound effects? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I just want this to like whoosh,
0: and then like a boop, boop,
3: boop. <laughs> <and> then- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I feel like there, there's uh, a specific profile there. Uh, so someone who's, uh, you know, obviously extremely robust and, and, and comfortable with JavaScript, and mm-hmm. cetera. But... Uh, that has this eye for details and and this passion for uh, performance and animations and stuff like that. So uh, that's a that's a very specific role, and I, I I haven't met a lot of people like that to be honest. Um, uh, but I I tend to think that uh, this job is going to be much more involved in creating uh, web apps in in in
1: the near future. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, um, I I guess that there, there's a a pretty significant gap between you know the designer uh even if the designer can actually implement most of the design by himself and then uh a real uh quote unquote, real engineer uh who doesn't really wouldn't say care about details but like he's not just you know used to um implement animations and stuff and so uh for example he wouldn't know about the uh you know animating uh cheap properties like transform or opacity vs uh, animating something like uh, width and height for example and and so I, I i feel like it's uh it's very visible even even for people who uh, rely on prototyping tools like uh, framer for example um they the designers often come up with a crate uh, looking prototype everything is like super smooth etc and then the end product looks like shit because you know that there's this uh, the engineer that has to implement the, the same stuff doesn't really know how to do that. So it's, it's not his main focus. And so um, I feel like we absolutely need someone in the team to be between the designer and the, uh, let's say, hardcore uh, engineer.
0: See, uh, this has been something really interesting to me is because I've recently had like all of my engineers ask me to teach them like some of these design principles. And I had never experienced that before. I'd, I'd worked with either uh, engineers who knew design or didn't. And there was not really any crossing over in that. But I think we're kind of lucky we have some of our like native team people. Uh, one of them is our Android engineer is like this phenomenal graphics engineer. Like he just makes insane things happen completely custom. Like it blows my mind every single time, but he's so good. And
1: so yeah, I that, think
3: that that's pretty unusual, right? I think
1: so, people seeing that it kind of encourages them, like, oh, mm, I should do this too. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a, a mutual respect kind of thing like that flows two ways it's an engineer that respects the craft of design and sees the details and the animations and appreciates why they are the way they are and then conversely a designer who can appreciate like making that performant and smooth and actually you know come alive in a browser or app or whatever it is
3: yeah totally
1: from a visual standpoint i think stripe is interesting as well a little more surface level but you guys have calling them shallow no, uh, I'm like literally the surface, what, what people see. Um, those gradients. Yeah. Gradients. <laughs> those Atlas gradients. Shadows. I was just like, how do those work? Like what? Drop shadows and depths and Z index and all this kind of stuff that largely the industry kind of has turned, turned their backs on, at least in mobile. Uh,
2: how have you guys built the visual style and kind of refined that over time? I mean,. I can't say that I had a ton to do with building it. Um, since I at the time that I joined a year ago, it was pretty pretty decently solidified. Uh, like the current style you see now as a Stripe brand. So yeah, I can't really speak to that. Ben might be able to more. But I think that the reason for not f- going with the flow or, f- or following the the flock as far as dropping all, all visual flourishes is probably just because we like them. (laughs) and There didn't really seem to be any good reason to do so. Interesting. Um, I don't think, I think that it's not, we're not in such a like crazy detailed state that it looks dated. Like, I don't think anything on stripe.com really looks that dated even still. Um, so yeah, at this point, it's it's kind of funny because we basically didn't sort of go with the flow. And now it's, it's at this point, Stripe is almost like somewhat unique as far as visual style because oh, it's, right. not it's extremely unique.
1: It's identifiable.
2: Yeah. It feels
1: like sort of this happy medium between iOS 6 and iOS 7, right? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's not so strong on the flat and it's not so strong on just... Crazy gradients and shadows. Yeah, but it's like uh, happily in the middle, and it feels really, really good. It takes the good parts of each. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I guess um, we we both, you know, we we, we try definitely to um, uh, see what's happening and and you know to to stay um, uh, modern, etc. And so to take inspiration from from the current trends, etc. I feel it's important to you know keep moving. Um, but at the same time, I I we have definitely been uh, questioning a lot of modern choices. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's more than just purely visual uh, decisions. Like, you know, uh, I, I still think I might be old, but that a button should look like a button. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, uh, adopt a new style where when it's absolutely harmless and, you know, where it's just like, yeah, uh, should an icon have... Uh, an inner shadow or not. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not gonna change anything in terms of like user experience or whatever. So, uh, sure. But then, yeah, things like you know, uh, reactive elements. Um, uh, death. I, f- I think def is extremely important. Actually, like you understand, like this thing is above another. I know it sounds crazy, but like you know, when you have a model, a model uh, overlay or a pop-up or whatever, you need to understand that this thing is comes above the rest. it, it is a you know a temporary action. Uh, uh and so. The shadow here it has nothing to do with like pure, uh, visual, you know, uh, preferences. It's just, you know, it's, it's a UX uh, type of <laughs> it choice. It serves so, a purpose. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I guess we, we've always tried to, to, to do things between like, you know, the current trends and, and stick to our, uh, to, to the things we believe in. <laughs> so
1: yeah. It seems really fucking valuable that you guys build what you design and that you're expected to do that. And you don't just hand off a pretty mock-up and say, hands off someone build this. Let's see how it turns out. That seems important to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's definitely a flip side though. Um, And it's, it's something that actually Malta, uh, who you had on the show, the head of design has been championing since he got here. And I, I would agree with them in that. Didn't he get there right when you joined? Yeah, he actually started the same day as me. So yeah, I think as valuable uh, as it can be to have designers who implement their own stuff, uh, the flip side is that if you if you restrict your search to those, you miss out on a lot of really good people, um, really good designers. Basically, I, I think that it's probably the case at this point that we like if we come across somebody who we would love to work with. Uh, if they code, it's, I mean, that's great. Um, it's definitely like a benefit, right? There's no, there's no drawback to it, but mm-hmm. I think it seems like we've been widening our search, uh, now to, to not focus so heavily on that. Are you widening the search because there are fewer people that execute on their
1: designs or because you actually just want to widen the net? Does that question make sense? Like, I think
2: probably both, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, for one, it's definitely hard to find these people, these designers who can also just take the entire thing all the way through implementation. Um, But even aside from that, yeah, it's just a case of like, we don't want to potentially be missing out on really good people just because they don't code. Um, One, because maybe one, they they don't and they have no interest in it. And I think that's also still fine uh, because I... I'm fully confident that we can set up whatever structures we need in order to make them successful um, by be it pairing them with with engineers or even like Ben was mentioning, sort of like UI developers who are s- sort of a bridge between pure design and pure engineering. Or also, it could be the case that we find people who do not code but would like to learn to. Um, so that's that's, I think, another that they're perfectly valid people to go after.
1: Well, side question. See, there's six designers on the team. Do all six code?
2: Yeah, so aside, aside from
1: one person, basically.
2: Yeah, so there's only one person out of the six who do not.
1: And is that one person the most recent? Uh, yes. <laughs> Interesting. And so how's, how's that going? If, if the most recent person you hired, you kind of said, all right, we're ready to not have this requirement, mm-hmm. if it ever was one.
3: Well, there are some roles where, uh, you know, coding is, is not uh, required, like a brand, a brand <laughs> designer,
1: like a or ah, illustri- ah, illustrations
0: and stuff you like have that. Clarified which uh, kind of designer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be specific, man.
1: Design is more than just product design. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the biggest problem with this argument is is being too general. I've only ever had one person like catch me on it. And that
0: was at my chiropractor's office. Like I say designer and people like know what I mean, but he was like, oh, you design clothes. I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, I've had the same thing happen <laughs> to me. Someone thought it meant fashion designer.
3: Um, but then, yeah, we, we also have some, uh, we also hire someone um, who focuses exclusively on on uh, user experience and, you know, wire framing and stuff like that. And Is that uh, like a big research role kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, I don't have a very strong opinion. Uh, I, I feel like it's probably not required to be extremely good at cutting stuff, but uh, at the same time, I feel like it's it's still you know important to be able to uh, show some interactions, etc. So, uh, you know, I, I think being comfortable with a tool like Framer is more than enough for uh, UX, a UX type of uh, person. Framer specifically,
1: uh, I. I no, whatever it is, so like <laughs> any, I, any I, prototype. Yeah.
3: honestly, even you keynote would be okay with me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is the hiring process like at Stripe? To keep the bar so high, is it outbound, inbound? How do you guys find the right people? How for- How do you find people who can de- like design in that
0: style? Yeah, like I feel like most designers that are at least new, they've never been around this kind of like skewo trickery. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: it it takes a lot of work comparatively so i guess up until at least up until me being hired i don't think like we really specifically targeted that right like we did did we just kind of like hire people who had somewhat general similar style and they basically like made it work
3: (laughs) (laughs) i guess we are you know uh, looking for we are attracted by you know, people with the same sensibility that we have. Okay. You know, it's just an yeah. natural choice. Like, you know, um, uh, uh, I'm not saying that we, you know, we, we have this style which is much better than the other ones or whatever. But it's just what we do, and so uh, obviously we are not going to hire like, a, uh, you know, someone who does, you know, uh, album for Metallica or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so, so of course we we, we tend to attract uh, designers who um, uh, like. The things we do and and uh you know i think it's uh it, yeah it's, it's been a very natural process um how do you keep that same
0: style over so long while still keeping it fresh yeah it, it feels is, consistent with everything
3: that is a very good question um <laughs> i'm not too sure about the answer it's also funny you, you mentioned that because um we we often hear from the outside you know many people telling us uh, you know that. Uh, how do you guys, you know, stay consistent, etc., across the pages, and uh, you know, th- there's definitely like a Stripe style f- of doing things, etc. And from the outside, we 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 have nightmares about that because we we feel like everything is so inconsistent, <laughs> and, and you know, it's uh, um, and so we are actually in the in the process of trying to um, clean things up a little bit, and and to so, so a, a lot of things just happen naturally so far, um, but. It's not going to scale forever. Uh, you know, the more designers we we bring in a team, the harder it is to uh, keep things consistent, etc. And so, we at some point we we, we need I wouldn't say uh, rules or guidelines, but like uh, at least something we can rely on uh, to create uh, um, to have a, a strong identity and uh, yeah. a style guide. Yeah. W- well, y- yeah, kind of. I would say um, it, it it is it is extremely dangerous because um, on one hand, it is. You know, obviously, super helpful to to have a document where you can uh, look up for, like, you know, typical font sizes and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, on the other hand, I feel like um, something that has been working very well for us uh, so far is that the lack of like guidelines or whatever um, kind of allows us to. Uh, refresh our style constantly and to come up with new new things and and to keep improving uh, our visual identity um, so it's it 's a helpful tool, but it 's something you know that can be dangerous uh, so
1: yeah so what happens when you 're actually building a new page uh, Is it looking at the old one, copying and pasting some CSS <laughs> to match and then maybe tweaking it to fit that specific page and colorway or so how does it work? Uh yeah I guess the the process is uh pretty
3: terrible like <laughs> <laughs> This is, is so
1: refreshing th- to hear. Yeah. <laughs>
3: no yeah we 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 don't have like uh, you know a secret weapon or whatever it's usually like um so you know first we 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 um very few of us have actually been creating uh, the, the marketing pages on Stripe. So uh, we sort of remember what we did before. And so, you know, uh, that's <laughs> obviously helpful. All in helps. your head. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Where's that um... hack I put in last time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is that, um, yeah, I, I feel like we since we all have the, the same approach or uh, visual Style, uh, you know, it's easier to stay stay consistent. I know it sounds stupid, but you know, we I, I guess we we all tend to to agree on the same the same things naturally. So, uh,
1: yeah, we. What's something you disagree on? How do six hmm.
0: designers like yeah, not this, disagree <laughs> constantly all the time?
3: <laughs> um, I guess it's when we try to come up with something radically different or completely new, or when we you know explore new stuff um and this is obviously very hard uh you know because it's uh, uh there there's a lot of subjectivity there um you know I, I think many people try to avoid this argument and be like no design is absolutely objective 100% of the time that's I, I don't believe in that at all i feel like of course there are many choices that are completely objective you know legibility usability stuff like that but then you know purely visual style is is often very subjective so um, the discussions are hard because you know who's right um but then at the same time you you really uh, respect your coworkers etc um and uh yeah it's 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 an interesting uh, experience
1: <laughs> well how do you, what's what would be an example how do you navigate when someone comes up with something radically new and they want to build it for a new page how does the team sort of rally around that and refine that
2: idea I mean, I I don't think we've actually run into that yet. Unless you could think of something, Ben, but I don't recall anyone like trying to come up with something new for a marketing page and they come to the rest of the team with some idea and it's just like, everyone's like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't think that's happened. It um, happened a
3: few times before <laughs> for minor side product, not side product, but like things like, you know, stickers or t-shirts and stuff like that, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, where, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe we can get into some of the more technical stuff here. What What are the mm-hmm. tools that you use to build Stripe? What's the process and like the actual workflow here, including the design, not just like the actual building? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, including
3: design. Uh, I think we pretty much all use different tools. So that's <laughs> interesting <laughs> that makes the collaboration extremely interesting. Um, in terms of design, i I've been using Sketch for a long time, and I've recently switched to Figma. It's not entirely clear yet uh, if I'm going you know, to, to keep using it full time. Um, I think it's a, it's a very impressive tool. And, um, uh, you know, they, they their vector network and stuff like that is, is uh, you know, life-changing experience. Yeah, uh, to try it's that. so good. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then there, there's also, you know, the, the whole collaboration part. I'm, I'm still not sure about, like, how useful it's going to, actually be in practice but Mm -hmm. uh it sounds interesting at least um so we'll see how it goes i think one of the things about it i'm most excited about the multiplayer aspect is Mm -hmm. like
0: having my engineers be in a file right in in the like feedback mode and they can see me like put in new stuff for them like when it's ready like they don't have to like refresh like re-download a file or anything like that it's just there
3: yeah absolutely no in 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 terms of you know collaboration having the the design tool uh, right in the browser is is amazing like you know um, sometimes a few people like you know patrick for example as i was mentioning uh he wants to try a few things and so uh you know i i, I just think even if the barrier is not that big you know telling him to go to the app store and and download something etc is, is crazy right uh, where here he can literally uh typing a few characters and 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 and, and yeah be, be ready to, to to try things um that's what i'm Using right now for uh, everything design related, and then uh, in terms of code, I'm, um, I'm kind of a weirdo because I I don't use anything like I I literally don't use any kind of libraries. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, I, I write you know Vania CSS says vanilla JavaScript. Uh, I use no Vim preprocessors. As well. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, that's amazing. Bill's <laughs> shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why not? No prefixing. No nothing. No nothing.
0: Wait, <sighs>
1: why? Why? Why do you hate I, yourself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I, I have a. Obviously, you're getting better outcome than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I think I have a little bit of a um, control controlling issue about the stuff I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I I really want to 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 understand uh, everything that's happening uh, from A to Z. Um, so I I I personally really dislike uh, abstractions. Um. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is uh, I honestly truly believe in uh, doing things by yourself to to improve and to learn, um, and so I sort of force myself to do that every single time for absolutely everything. So um, you know, um, I- even if I know that, for example, uh, lodash has this utility to I don't know flatten some arrays or whatever, uh, uh, I'll definitely try to do that by myself because I, I'm interested in how to solve that, and and it, it is like you know a tiny exercise and a tiny way to just improve my JavaScript skills, um, and I I I actually encourage encourage a lot of people to to do the same. And, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, what matters is uh, getting better at what you do, and not just you know uh, finishing before uh, six p.m. Right? Uh, so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, that hits home. Uh, <laughs> I find, like, my most most recent project, I was like, all right, vanilla JavaScript the whole way. I got this, and then you know, you get halfway through and realize you could. Save several hours of time if you just... you guys are going to hate it, but just throw jQuery in there. (laughs) Save yourself a few hours. Do people still use jQuery? Uh, I think there's... I, feel like I don't see people use it at all. There's smaller alternatives that I should use, but yeah, jQuery, whatever.
3: Yeah, well, I, 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 <laughs> but no, yeah. I, so- I, I, I actually realized that, and so at some point I even, you know, recreated most of jQuery. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god!
1: <laughs> uh, Why? <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I, I told you. You I want to know how to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's honestly, and and to be fair, I learn a lot by doing that. Right?
2: Yeah. So okay. Bill, tools. Tools. Uh, Keynote. I, <laughs> How do you get stuff done? Keynote, yeah. So yeah, I use sketch uh for everything until I need to do something involving Boolean ops, and then I open Illustrator. <laughs> Boolean ops? Boolean ops. Boolean operations?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Make, making shapes into yeah, other yeah. shapes. My brain's tired.
2: Yeah uh and then as far as implementation pretty run of the mill stuff i d- i do use so yeah it should be stated that the stripe stack does use like preprocessors for the site ben just chooses to ignore them <laughs> <laughs> but the but rest of us sensible designers sensible
1: humans yeah
2: i actually i will say that ninety five percent of the value I get out of preprocessors is actually just nesting like that's by far the biggest thing that i interesting I, how far do you nest so i' that's thirty, 30 layers too. yeah that's that's the the point where you can like go too far and mm-hmm. then you're just writing ridiculous c s s um but I think a couple a couple levels deep makes it just significantly easier to to read the code mm-hmm. um yeah, well,
1: Ben's like Ben, about how, do <laughs> about uh, how do you feel about working with Bill's How do you feel about nesting? code?
3: <laughs> no, but yeah, this is, you know, I, I guess it's purely subjective, but I, w- I would argue that, you know, uh, uh, having the full selector in front of you every single time is, you know, much more readable than actually uh, trying to see where the nesting ends. Uh, so, um, yeah.
0: How do you guys collaborate, since you have very different CSS, apparently?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the one who, you know, starts a product wins basically okay <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> so every product
0: is built differently
3: yeah well th- to be fair uh, th- there are a lot of inconsistencies and 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 um uh you know we we're we're still trying to figure that out uh, you know the, the team has been growing quickly and and you know it's it's a startup like you have to figure out things you know as they happen and yeah uh, it, it's far from being like this you know, ideal unicorn world uh, where everything is perfect and uh, super consistent, etc. Um, uh, we have finally with dashes and finally with dots and stuff like that. It drives me crazy. But like there's no know. consistent stripe. No, no I, I mean we, we we are we're getting there. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, insanely good people working on the, on that. Um, uh, but just saying, like you know, th- it's far from being done, and, and you know, it's it's a constant work in progress, and so uh, we we definitely want to uh, improve on these things. Um, it's not that terrible it's just that you know extremely nitpicky and so uh,
0: yeah are there any shared rules that you guys kind of use as a team any like you mentioned there's not really a style guide so to speak but mm-hmm. uh consistent measurements consistent like icon libraries anything
3: like that or is it everything's bes- bespoke Speaking of icons, we we always do all the icons by ourselves. Like, okay. we, I don't think we have ever reused a single icon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the world I live in.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that one's not perfect for this button. I'm going to do a new one. <laughs> yeah. It's the same, but with one extra pixel.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the, the number <laughs> of, like, you know, cogwheels and, you uh, know, stuff like the arrows and stuff like that we've, we've made. Um, do they always have the same number of spokes? no <laughs> um but no we, yeah we, we we don't have uh, uh explicit rules so far uh again we're working on that uh, because you know it is not going to scale forever and and we want uh people to be able to just join the team and and, and feel comfortable uh, creating uh consistent design uh, immediately so um this this is something we're uh, actually working on right now um but no, we we don't have yet uh, something uh, you know extremely robust and reliable. So
1: I want to go slightly higher level, and this is maybe hard to answer, but I'm really curious about how you set up your own personal process to ship things like the relay page, the Bitcoin page, things that have these very intricate animations and choreography. Like, there's a lot of creativity and effort that goes into planning out this whole sequence of things how do you get into a mindset to come up with this stuff and have enough time to invest to make sure that this is the right way to portray what relay is or what the bitcoin integration is like does that make sense what what's what's the workflow here um
3: for bitcoin uh or checkout where you have like you know big animations um what i usually do is that i i try to just wireframe um the the, the main uh, i would say keyframes of the animation so the, the main key points are okay this is step 1 we start by like yeah, presenting the product and then step 2 we fake the fact that someone is filling in uh, the payment form whatever step 3 etc and so um i i draw terrible wireframes you know just to have a rough idea of, of, the, of the whole flow and uh then i usually design Uh, the main parts of the animations like you know if at some point i need like a a new window or a new uh uh you know all all the yeah i guess it's fine to call them keyframes actually because uh, they they are keyframes um and and then yeah i just i just you know start coding immediately um i i really like doing that I i feel like uh you know uh for me code is almost like the best UI possible for <laughs> uh, creating animations. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, the, uh, I think Bill made a, a good point uh, earlier about uh, the difficulty in, in Keynote, for example, to create something more than moving just two elements, for example, uh, while in, in in JavaScript, this is something that, you know, it's there. Like you, you can, uh, in a few lines of code, wrap all the... Letters of text, for example, in the in the span element, and then animate independently all these letters to create some kind of wavy effect or whatever. Like this is, you know, something that's actually pretty easy to do uh, in code, and that's almost impossible to uh, prototype with something like Keynote. So, uh, as soon as you you are comfortable with like you know the JavaScript syntax and stuff, uh, I, you know, I think it's a pretty great tool to create animations.
1: What about for Relay? I, f- I feel like Checkout is great because. you're showing the UI, you're showing what it's actually going to look like for the consumer and setting it up and everything. Like that makes so much sense. Relay seemed a lot more conceptual, right? Like you're trying to illustrate what the concept of Relay is. It's not necessarily a UI. So how'd you approach that one?
2: Relay was an interesting one. Uh, So I'm trying to think back to there were definitely several, several versions of that, that top header animation, like the, the thing that's sort of showing, like you said, the flow, the orbits or yeah, Th- that's, that's connect. Wait, so which one are you talking about? Wait, yeah, the,
3: where, where the, 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 orbit, etc. It's, it's connect. Uh, which one?
1: Oh, I haven't mixed up in
2: my head. Yeah, You're talking about, so connect is the one with the like planets, the, the things orbiting mm-hmm. the planet and then shooting off. Yeah. Yeah. That's connect. Yeah. You guys have a lot of
0: very specific brand name stuff that, like,
1: it's very easy to disconnect from each other. <laughs> so Relay's like no, a Relay's tour. No, Relay's the same thing. Relay's the same thing. What? what? Conceptually, not the same UI. <laughs> uh, not the same design, but conceptually. It's literally the
2: same planet and it's got... <laughs> conceptually, it's like you're not... Oh, in terms of, like, an animation In, t- in terms of animation the... and, and... Yeah, yeah, like yeah, how, yeah. how do you show the concept of what this thing is? That's basically, like, what I asked myself... Starting it, because I was just staring at a blank thing, a uh, blank page. If I'm remembering correctly, an earlier version of it was actually so the basic, the basic concept that that we had to illustrate right is sort of the three different players in the the ecosystem. So there's like the merchants, right? They're the people who are selling things. There are the channels, uh, which are basically like the outlets through mm-hmm. which the products are are pushed out to the end. Customers. Um, And then there are the platforms. Um, I guess the initial version I did was actually much more of a linear visualization. So it was, I want to say it was something like there was like a merchant icon, and it was sort of like a stream of products flying out of the merchant. So like a merchant icon on the left and then like a stream of products moving horizontally from the merchant to like the channels and then from the channels continuing left to right Mm -hmm. towards like the consumers buying them. Um, And so this technically did illustrate it, but what we realized was that this didn't really convey like the network effects, um, which is really like one of the, the huge benefits of it is like you can, you have something you're selling and then you at the flip of a switch, you can suddenly access all of these millions of consumers across all these different channels. Um, so that was the impetus for going with something more like what the final version is, which is like that sort of hex honeycomb thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the same thing essentially it's like a merchant and they're pushing products out to many different channels. But that, that was basically the, the thinking behind it was we wanted to illustrate more of the network uh, behind it. It was also funny too, because there was, a, there was quite a bit of uh, last minute drama actually around that because the channels, uh, which were so basically the like Twitter uh, in Moby shop style, the, the apps that, that solve the products um, or rather the products are sold through, uh, those were particularly tough to close like as partners. And so the issue was... Uh, shortly before we launched Relay, uh, there were still some up in the air channels. Like we didn't know if we would have them. And the problem of course was that if we didn't have enough, if we didn't have six, we couldn't make <laughs> a hexagon. It whole <laughs> so there was, of course, literally there were oh, contingencies shit. I had to go through for like, well, what if we only get four? Okay, well, maybe we could do like a diamond. It kind of still, it yeah. does work, but you it doesn't make look as nice. Fake companies and like... <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, gold. we couldn't do five because you can't tile a Pentagon. Um, well, what
0: the hell, Pentagons?
2: <laughs> it was terrible. So those are kind of like funny but also slightly scary things because like yeah. when you do something like that and the design is dependent on partners.
0: I never thought about the fact that you can't tile a pentagon. Yeah, I never nope. thought of that either.
2: <laughs> every page
1: that comes out of Stripe, all these marketing pages, I feel like each one is more intricate and <laughs> elaborate. At and a one-up over the top. Is there a pressure every time you put one out to be like, this has to be the best one? Yeah. Are you guys competitive
0: with
3: each other? Probably. <laughs> well, Probably. In, in a good way. Like, it, Yeah. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's a, it's a good incentive um, to, you know, at, at the end of the day, we really want to, you know, be good at what we do and to have a lot of fun doing that and to have many, you know, tiny Easter eggs, uh, things like that. So um, I, I think we all uh, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, nobody's actually telling us to, you know, this page, I, you know, needs to be much better than the previous one. <laughs> um but More this is, animations
1: yeah <laughs>
3: um but this is something that we we all want to do um you know we want to keep improving um you know and it's uh it, it's both exciting and terrifying like you know I am every single time I start a new new product and I do like my common n uh I'm terrified like you know I I have this big blank page in front of me and i'm supposed to fill the whole thing with like nice colors and stuff you know if you know uh, i've been designing for like 10 years or so and i still have no idea what I'm doing like it's uh, <laughs> um but yeah it, it is definitely exciting uh, um and you know the, the bar keeps getting higher and higher and, and and i think it's uh um yeah it's for me it, it, it it's it's very important to to work with people who are Uh, literally all better than i am uh, because i feel like you know they 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 keep force forcing me to to improve and to to yeah to
1: to make things uh better than i initially could uh. do you guys have formal critiques for these pages and everything that you put out at Stripe?
2: uh we do do design reviews yeah is that like a critique uh
0: pretty much yeah is that just the design team or is that everyone or more than the design
3: team, I guess.
2: Those are just the design team, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah.
3: Yeah, I guess at some point where, uh, you know, the, the, the page is, you know, polished, et cetera, uh, we, we ask, you know, around us what people do. Think about it.
1: So when the page is polished, you have a design I, I wouldn't say polished, but like, you know, showable.
3: <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, decent enough. Uh, well, that that's, you know... Um,
2: well, no. So the the design reviews are with just the design team. Those will happen earlier. Those oh. are like oh my yeah, final yeah, sorry, point. yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought it was um,
1: like go build the whole thing and we'll review it <laughs> a week before it ships.
3: No, 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 no. Um, uh, but it, it, it is hard to show something you know early on, even to your uh, coworkers, because I feel like uh, it's 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 very hard for someone to um, imagine what the end result will be. Um, you know you, you usually have something in your head but like nobody else
0: uh, it's the hardest thing in the world to communicate yeah
3: exactly so you can you can explain you know you can but but still like it's it's completely different um so we force uh, ourselves to, to do it uh, you know in the design team because you know we we absolutely need some 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 early feedback um but i guess outside the design team um where uh, people are maybe slightly less used to you know judging things uh that are you know completely messy etc uh we we tend to to i guess uh, wait a little bit more before showing things yeah
0: at what point do you bring in any other engineers that are going to need to be involved you, is that part of the research phase like you kind of figure out what they want to build as well or is that an after thing where it's like just kind of like hey we decided on this can <laughs> I, I know you guys do a lot of the front-end work but i'm sure there mm-hmm. are other products that
3: require engineering to get involved yeah i i, I guess it really depends on on, on the project um so for things like the iOS dashboard or, uh, checkout, uh, the collaboration is extremely close. Like, you know, we, we want to, to make sure, uh, we, we, we can actually do that. Uh, you know, uh, we discuss t- together, uh, about the, the features we want to implement, etc. So for marketing pages and stuff like that, usually we don't have much collaboration with any engineers, like maybe a few questions here and there, but it's, you know. I suppose there's probably not too much server involvement there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess there, there, there's some collaboration, uh, you know, for some little things like on the Atlas page, for example, where you have this, uh, request access form. Um, uh, you know, it has a lot of impact on the whole process of sub- subscribing to Atlas, etc. cetera. So, uh, you know, we, we, we had some discussions there about the, the things that we, we can ask right, uh, in, in, in this step of the process and what we should ask later, et cetera. Um, yeah.
0: To get involved with the rest of the team on marketing stuff for like sales or anything like that to kind of. Figure out what they
3: would like to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, sales. Yeah, we 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 collaborate uh, pretty closely with at least one person uh, who's helping us with the, the content and and you know the the whole copy etc. So yeah,
1: yeah. okay. if we have a few minutes left, it'd be cool to just hear maybe an abridged version of right saying it like he's being polite, but he literally chained them to their chairs. They can't leave. Yeah. You can't leave until you tell me how you got here. How did you end up at stripe designing and coding and, and building the things that People you feel on a plane, here at a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> pointing with my finger really helps on the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> he did this and he did this. Uh, no, maybe just an abridged version of like what your your process was. We don't have to get super crazy, but I am curious how, how you guys got into this whole world.
2: Sure. Uh, I guess I probably initially got started with design stuff in high school. I took like a digital, I don't know what they would what they call it exactly. It was a digital design class, like Photoshop, Illustrator, things like that. Digital multimedia, something like that. Explorations yeah. and design. Exactly. Yeah. Computer graphics or something. Yeah. So that was, I guess my intro to it. Uh, yeah. Before that I had done like, I was kind of like into art, but it was more traditional art type stuff. Not really design. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I took some courses in high school and then actually went to university uh, at Winthrop in South Carolina uh, but not for design for it was I'm trying to remember what they called it it was basically like a computer science degree uh, but like focused on on web apps essentially what that was, was a major it was it was, so it was actually the first major uh, or it was the first year that they had introduce this major That's amazing. Are you sure South Carolina is not supposed to be like leading on that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, it That's was. A, it was impressive. Yeah, it was a computer science degree but it was focused I don't remember what, they had a really weird name for it that didn't really fit at all. Like digital information design or something ridiculous, but it was essentially like web app development like computer science degree, but more focused towards like front end development and things versus like, like they didn't go as heavily into like algorithms and like CPU architecture, the type of stuff you would get in like a more traditional uh, like degree for CS. Um, but anyway, so I did that and I was there for about a year and a half, I guess, three semesters. Uh, but then I decided to leave to join a startup uh, in Florida Uh, So my, the rest of my family were, we had moved to South Carolina and then they moved back to Florida. Um, and so I started at a startup in Florida that, uh, built audio video software or, uh, sorry, home, home automation software. Uh, so this was like 2010, like smart home stuff. Right. So right after the iPad came out. Uh, So it was basically at the time that was a novel thing to be like using the iPad to do all this home automation stuff up until then it was companies like uh, Crestron and whatnot that were super proprietary and expensive and not great. So I basically worked as the only designer at that company uh, working on like the UI for the app. So I did that for two and a half years, I guess, and then moved out to San Francisco to join a small startup called Onfleet. And so they, again, I was the only designer there. We built uh, sort of logistics software for local deliveries. So like this whole big boom um, in the past few years with like get everything possible delivered on demand, at least in San you Francisco, mean, in San Francisco you mean yeah. the best thing in the world. Yeah, it's, it's pretty okay. great. Um, but basically the stuff we built was uh, sort of like Management software for businesses to be able to track their drivers and like send updates to the recipients, like the customers. Uh, and this is the same type of thing. Like up until now, it's all been very proprietary, like archaic technology.
1: Did you choose San Francisco and then ended up at Onfleet, or did Onfleet choose you and you ended up in San Francisco? It was, did you San
0: Francisco or did San Francisco choose you?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the latter. um I guess, yeah, I think they found me um, and they happened to be in San Francisco. I was like, oh, I guess this place is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not bad. It's yeah. a good way to put it. So, uh, yeah, so I moved out here for that three years ago. And then one year ago, I moved to Stripe. I think I've been at Stripe for a little over a year. How did that happen? Uh, So that was basically... Um, Ben annoying the hell out of me until I finally joined. Uh, now, so <laughs> a probably story two years ago, I met Ben and and I'd known Ludwig for for a bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I basically just became friends with them, and eventually they pestered me enough to to <laughs> join. <laughs> and you've been there for a little a little over a year. Uh, yeah, since March of last year, twenty fifteen.
0: Cool. Ben, why did, why don't you live in San Francisco yet? <laughs> That's a good
3: question. Um maybe no, know, someday. Uh
1: why? No, yeah. um, why, why do they let you work remotely? So they want to
3: keep me happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it has it, been working pretty well so far. Um, you know, I um you know of course the the, the nine hour times are different. Uh makes the real-time collaboration a bit complicated at some point but um we didn't even
1: talk about that this episode (laughs) that must be like a lot of vc email or not even vc just email
3: yeah um but you know i guess two things really help here uh first the fact that i've been at stripe pretty much forever um You know, I, you know, I, I, I literally since the dawn of time, (laughs) um, I, I know, you know, what we're doing, et cetera, the, the way we're working. And so I, I, you know, I, I can handle a lot of things by myself, basically. Um, and two, that most of the products I've been working on are, um, things where I don't need too much input. Um, you know, I, I usually can. Design and, and code the whole thing pretty much by myself, and so I obviously, you know, uh, want some input, and, and 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 we have some meetings, etc. So uh, that that that's extremely uh, useful. But uh, during the day, I, c- I can I can easily spend eight hours, you know, doing my stuff, and I don't I don't need like an immediate uh, input um, on my work. So um, it's it's been working pretty well so far. Um, yeah. So what did you do before the dawn of time when you joined Stripe? <laughs> um so, pre big bang yeah uh i actually started uh freelancing for them pretty early on um i mean before that i was freelancing for random clients um trying to you know find something that i, I really like doing um and then uh, at some point, I really wanted to create my uh, my own application, and so I started working part time uh, on a product called Kickoff, which was a collaboration tool for the Mac. And um, we, so I I, I was mostly uh, freelancing two weeks per month, and and then working two weeks per month on my own stuff. Um, and so I did that for Stripe for. Uh, a bit more than a year if i remember correctly um and then we my co-founder uh michael and myself we both joined stripe full-time yeah roughly a
1: year after that what's the time have you always been in belgium or what's the Mm -hmm. timeline here yeah you're always in belgium yep contracting with stripe and Mm -hmm. then they just hired you and let you stay over there yep okay how did you get into design uh in the first place over in belgium do they even have design over there i mean yeah what's (laughs) what's the deal yeah um
3: no yeah i actually studied graphic design it was more like you know print design stuff so typography uh packaging corporate identity illustration that kind of stuff um we we had you know one course of you know web design but it was mostly a job basically um and um and to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly still very interested uh, uh, in, like, print design stuff, you know, uh, oh. Swiss books and minimalist German weird stuff. <laughs> um, I, I still, you know, love that. Big Din fan. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And But yeah, I, I've always also been interested in, in, in web stuff uh, because, uh, you know, I, I love the whole typography and, and, and design stuff, but also uh, the whole interactivity world. Um, and so I felt like the web had this, you know, nice, uh, way of doing both. Um, and so despite the fact that I, I've been mostly studying, you know, print design stuff, I ended up doing, uh, things on the web.
1: I like how you ended up telling your story backwards. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right. Bill was very, very
3: linear. Yeah, he's much more organized than
1: I am. Uh, we are well over time. Guys, thank you very much for coming. Uh, before we go, anything you want to plug?
3: not really i mean it's great to be here and uh yeah thanks a lot for
1: having us thanks for coming super
3: fun
0: yeah thank you at bdc on twitter yeah absolutely at bill labus on twitter yep thanks guys (laughs) thanks that's episode 121
1: thanks to ben and bill for coming to hang out we hope you enjoyed the show if you did hit us up on twitter we're at design details fm let us know what you thought or jump in our slack team at spec.fm slash slack there's over 4,200 people in there chatting about news and design and development and tools and jobs and advice it's been an amazing community to watch grow so join us that's at spec.fm slash slack and of course be sure to check out our sponsors that made this episode possible first up is wayno they're an agency doing killer work and they want you to join them they're hiring product designers and hosting weekly happy hours here in San Francisco. To learn more, go to Wayno.co. If you want a job, click the careers link in their header. If you want to come to a happy hour and hang out and meet rad people and listen to cool talks, uh, just follow their Twitter, Wayno.co, spelled out on Twitter, and they'll be announcing that every single week. We're so thankful to have them sponsoring the show. Thanks once again to Wayno. Second sponsor, as always, Dropbox. Uh, they're basically
0: just doing whatever they can to make you happy working the way you want on any file, with any device from wherever you are, with anyone you choose so you don't have to worry about where your files are you can just keep building stuff and that's awesome, so go check them out get started at Dropbox.com thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show we'll see you next week